what pops up a beer or a cold libation Let me tell you how I wrote this little theme I went and took a call from brother Jason And he tells me that he has a little dream He says he needs a backwards intro to begin his podcast And I ask him what you got He said I'll start off with some talking And some moody clips of popcorn fighting Fantasy explorations and some groundness exploitation Kickstarts that I'm watching and some blind unboxing Full month horror movie marathon Sometimes I'll let the dogs come on Contest and of course you know it's all about games I said slow down let's just start with the name It's the Nerds RPG Variety Podcast With the other Jason Welcome back Nerds RPG Variety Cast I'm your host Jason And today I have an interview for you With Joe Richter He left me a series of calls Responding to my episode 116, where I discussed a session of his Pathfinder game that I played in, where we got attacked by a swarm and weren't really prepared for the swarm. And so Joe calls in responding to my gaming recap. And thanks to his calls, I called him and got him for an interview. So we're going to, I'm going to play his calls to me and then launch right into the interview. And then that'll be that. That's all we have this episode. So I hope you enjoy. If you have any comments or questions or feedback, you can leave a message on Anchor. You can email me at RPG, sorry, email me at nerdsrpgvarietycast at gmail.com. You can send a sound file to that and I'll play it or I'll read your message. You can reach out to me on Discord. So any feedback or comments are always welcome. I want to thank Ray Otis for the art for this podcast and T.J. Drennan for the music. So without further ado, let's get to those calls. Before we go to the calls, I want to make a quick public service announcement. I'm sure Joe would be okay with me putting this in this episode. So I recently called into another show and said something that's potentially super-duper offensive, and I didn't realize it at the time. You know, it's some wording that hasn't been used, a derogatory term that hasn't been used for somebody for a while, and I didn't put two and two together, and I was trying to be smart and referencing something in pop culture, and like I said, I didn't put the put it all together. I, it was actually meant to be, you know, a kind message, a condolence, and a and and kind of a you know an in joke there with something I knew they were familiar with. But you know, this morning about three, well, right before my I got up this morning. But I sat. I, I woke up in a cold sweat, sat bolt upright in bed, like a thunderclap had struck me, kind of like, you know, Nick Cage sits up in Raising Arizona after his nightmare, and um, realized the implication, the potential implication, and how somebody could interpret what I said. And I, I <laughs> you know, I tend to record messages for podcasts right after I listen to them. And I'm not discouraging any calls, call-ins to me. Call in to me, call me a piece of crap, whatever, you, you know, whatever. I, that doesn't bother me. But my point being, think about what you say before you say it, <laughs> you know, and, and this has come up before where, you know, I've answered people in discords too quickly and inadvertently offended them and, you, you know, slow down and think about what you say, because like here, I meant no offense. It was not meant to be innuendo. It was not meant to be a smart comment. It wasn't a sly thing, uh, but, you know, it left-handed comment. I, I That might be offensive these days. My, my dad's left-handed, so I don't feel bad about that. But anyhow, but, damn it. Point being, I'm, I'm, well, I'm left-eye dominant, but anyway, I'm getting off track. Point being, 
think about what you say and think about the implications of what you say because the English language is imprecise and the English language has multiple meanings for multiple words and the English language is a mess. So it's very easy to say something and it means something totally different to the listener than it does to you, the speaker, right? And communications, you know, your part, their part, you know, there's a bunch of goes into communication. It's not just what you say, it's how they interpret what you say and, you know, all that other stuff. And I'm not going to get into a communication class, but I will say, be think about what you say before you say it and the implications of what you say, because I just potentially offended some folks that are very, very, very good people that don't deserve that. And even if they they brushed it off, there's a chance that it might have made them feel uncomfortable when that wasn't my intent. And I've already called, I've already reached out to apologize to them. But my point is, think about what you say and think about the possible double meanings of things because the English language is precise and it's very easy to offend somebody when you don't mean to. And, you know, if it's innocent, it's innocent, but that doesn't mean you're not hurt. Feelings still aren't hurt. And and it's never my intention to hurt somebody's feelings. If I want to hurt somebody's feelings, if I want to attack somebody, I'll come out and do it openly. So, anyhow, public service announcement finished. Now we'll go on to Joe's calls. Thank you for indulging my my on-air confession. Yo, Jason, it's Joe from Hindsightless, Wheeler Woe, uh, your sometimes dungeon master. Uh, calling in response to, you know, your talk about the game, man. Uh, you know, you guys, <clears throat> to be fair, you guys were prepared. You know, I even had an NPC tell you guys about the antitoxin. Because that fight was tough, but it would have been a hell of a lot tougher if y'all had been failing those fortitude saves. And then, you know, so you were prepared, like you were equipped, but maybe not prepared because you didn't know how swarms work. And I, I think that's okay. I wouldn't have wanted you guys to hop on the SRD and look up the stats for a swarm before you went and fought it. I mean, yeah, that to me, that kind of stuff isn't cool. Now, if you had, like, tried to find an NPC or something that knew about swarms and had made that part of the game, like, if you all trying to find out information, that would be cool. But, yeah, I, I, I don't like it when players, like, do that. I, I, you know, if they find out what the monster is during a fight and then they hop on the SRD and, like, look up the stats for it, even if they don't use that knowledge during the game, it still still feels a little, kind of a little gross to me. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's just not something I'm into. In fact, I had a similar situation a couple sessions back uh, in one of the sessions that you weren't in. The, the party had found uh, a note that was written in code, and I had given it to them, and I had said... Okay, uh, you know, you can make some checks, but if you don't know, you could think about it as people. You know, because I didn't want it just to be a skill check thing, plus it was solvable. I had spent some time into making it solvable and figuring out how to do it. And so maybe 10 or 15 seconds after they had gotten the note, uh, one of the players pipes up and reads exactly what it says. And so... Uh, the people that were already trying to figure it out were like, whoa, dude, how'd you do that so fast? And he was being kind of evasive. And then, you know, I asked him if he used the internet to solve it. 
he didn't really answer. I asked him again. And so I told him that I didn't think that was cool. Uh, and he said, well, you said we could think about it as people. <clears throat> and I said, yeah, but you didn't think about it as a person. You let the internet solve it for you. That is different. Yeah, so I'm just really not into using the internet to figure out problems in the game. Peace out. So, Joe, you sent me a bunch of interesting messages, which my listeners just heard. I just played them. And I said, Joe's got something on his mind. This is, and this is an interesting topic. So I figured I'd call him and see if he'd come on the show and we could talk about it. Yeah, uh, man. Totally. Thanks for having me. Hey, welcome back to the show. I, I really enjoy you coming on. Right on, man. So, so we're kind of go. So we we're talking about these different things, and this all goes back. At least my involvement in it goes back to when we had the episode with the swarm or the game session with the swarm. Right, and, right. And I, you know, and, and I recorded talking about that session. You called in saying, "Well, you shouldn't look up swarm mechanics," and, and so and. And and I'll just kind of put my cards on the table, and then I'm gonna I'll hand it over to you. So in the past, generally, like like if you're playing a scenario or a module, like I don't think the players should read the module, and I don't think players should be paging through like the the dungeon master's guide or the game master's guide or the monster manual during the game or anything, or even really even outside the game. To be honest, there's no reason for a player to be looking up all the monsters and stuff, right? Because it kind of takes away from the fun. But I do think that the player's handbook or, like, you know, the things about their class abilities and spells, I think that's totally cool. And I think if during a game a player was looking up stuff in the player's handbook, that's totally cool. Now, I had never played Pathfinder before, like, you know. In some games, so, like, when I was mentioned, look up, like, how Swarm works. Mm -hmm. Some games, like, the rules for a Swarm would be in the combat rules. Right. And so they'd be there, like, in the player's handbook, like, this is how group, group a group of monsters works, and this is how flanking works. So I assume Pathfinder is like that. But then, you you know, I looked it up, and everybody, the dogs are in the room with me playing, so you have to excuse that. But um, anyway, I looked it up, and the swarm rules for Pathfinder are only in the Benstrom, only, only in the Monster Manual, basically. Right, right, right. So, in that case, definitely we, the players, shouldn't have known how the swarm works, aside from what the NPCs told us and what you, as a GM, told us through NPC interactions. Right, and also in Pathfinder, that's where the knowledge checks come in, uh, where you can, as a as a character you can make different types of knowledge checks, which will then inform your character of how this certain monster works. Depending on your result of your role, you get to ask a certain number of questions about this monster. And you can ask stuff, you can ask anything, right? You can ask them to lay lay down. down. Um, No, but you can ask them pretty much anything. You can ask about hit points or special abilities or special defenses, all of that stuff. So, the mechanics to learn about different monsters are it's baked into it's baked into the rules, which is why, especially in like, you know, in Pathfinder, that I'm not a big fan of like players like you were just saying, flipping through the monster manual and stuff. Like, you know, learning how your class works and reading all that stuff, I fully endorse that and I wholeheartedly support that. I want every player to read their stuff and know how their character works so they can play them. Uh, to the best of their ability but yeah when it comes to monsters or you know when it comes to like I sort of 
touch on in the messages I left when it comes to like codes or clues that you find in the game, like pieces of the puzzle, that kind of stuff. I don't like when players look up. Definitely. No, yeah. And I totally get that. Yeah. So, so where I was coming from, like I say, in, in when I was talking was, I assume the swarm were part of the combat rules, like right. how swarm works, but, but in this game, it's not. So yeah, I'm with you hundred percent. Cause that kind of takes, so my listeners would have heard in my last episode in 121, I, there's a message from Liren from Updates Mill Nowhere. And she talks about how she has this impression that at least some traditional games, like the players already know the beginning, middle, and end of the story. And you're just kind of playing through it. And I haven't ever played in a game like that. I don't think I'd want to. But that's like, yeah. you know, if you're playing a module, I don't want the players to read the module and already know what's in each room and stuff. That would suck. Yeah, no, that would that would be awful. And like it is it is taboo to for players to read the modules and look ahead. You're really, really not supposed that's considered in a lot of circles. That's cheating. Yeah. You know, yeah. uh whether it's you're cheating yourself or you're cheating the other players or you're cheating the GM, it is it's like one of the few ways you can actually cheat in a role playing game. Like you can lie about your dice rolls and you can read ahead in a module. That's pretty much it. There aren't a whole lot of other ways to cheat in these games. Right. Yeah. And that's, that's not what we're really talking about. And that's not no, what I'm no. trying to say in my messages, but yeah, like um, it, it's the whole idea between sort of player thinking and how their mind works and how your character's mind works because like i say in my message i i gave the party uh they found a secret message that was written in code and so they were kind of sitting there trying to figure it out and i told them i was like yeah you can make these certain kind of checks uh and nobody really had that or passed it or then you can sort of think about it as players for a little while too and so when i said that the the player that I mentioned in my message, uh, they're a brand new player. So they didn't really know what that meant. So they just instantly got online and looked up how to crack the code and then told everybody what it meant. And that that was, you know, that is something I didn't appreciate. And I mentioned it during the session. And then I also heard from the other players later that, you know, they were actually working on cracking the code because it was a solvable code and they didn't get to do that because this player came with the answer right away you know like within you know 10 15 seconds or so it was like oh this is what it says um right. now it sounds like that wasn't malicious though if you if it's no it, it was yeah. it was a hundred percent not malicious they didn't cool. understand what what i was talking about they didn't think that would be a problem and so we've talked wow. about it since then uh, and yeah, that, you know, I don't think that'll happen again, but it's just those, those types of things, you know, the difference between, and it's not really a question of player agency or anything like that. It's a question of like, we're all in this group game together, trying to solve this stuff together. And if you go kind of outside of the bounds of the prescribed rules, then that sort of diminishes the game and you know the crazy word immersion uh that kind of ruins that for everybody else and so it was just it had just happened when you um when you were talking about the swarms on your episode so all that stuff kind of just came out at once 
know? Yeah, and that, that was a few, uh, that was several sessions ago. So all this stuff has been all talked about and worked out, which ultimately is the point of all this stuff we do with our podcast and everything. It's all about communications. And we all talk about it on our show, how DMs and players have to talk. But this is just another example of how important communication between the GM and the players are. Just open communication solved so many underlying problems because that could have really frustrated me for a long time. I could, if I hadn't said anything and I just let that fester, I would have mm-hmm. been pissed for a while. I might have taken it out on this player because I can be petty too, just like everybody else. And like, yeah. And instead, you you just I just talked about it with them and water under the bridge now, you know? Cool. Yeah, definitely. And, and, I, and I should specify before I know there's like a – like a part two to this you you were going to talk about but the when i mentioned laren i'm not saying anything bad against her and and it's possible she she encountered it's possible she's encountered that where somebody everybody did know about i don't give me one second here let me get my dogs under control maddie stop anyhow um so we're i got them here in the bedroom with me i don't have anybody to watch them right now so they're all yeah up and being crazy but yeah so i, I just want to make sure that she doesn't if she hears us she doesn't think we're you know talking bad about her because i'm definitely not and, and she's definitely welcome to join any of my games to you know check out how we play uh, totally and like i mean for full transparency here i haven't even heard those messages so i have no yeah. idea um yeah but anyway th- yeah, this is an aside because i had meant your name so i figured i, I better write that out right um, but yeah, I mean, so that falls into like Googling stuff online, you know, get yeah. online and searching or, or like say, look through the monster manuals or any of that stuff during a game, right? Yeah, so especially because when you're playing online, it is very easy and very tempting to just open a new tab and just look up a monster once you find out their name, right? Like it's right there. Mm-hmm. It's not like when you're at the table and you would have to like grab a book and open up a book and the DM could be like, what the hell are you doing? You know, so like it's it's very easy. You can do it, uh, and it's just one of those things that's just. I don't think it's. I don't think it's a good habit for players to get into, mm-hmm. necessarily. So you know, if I if I see it, I'll I'll bring it up and talk about it, and it's it's not a big deal. And everyone's like, oh okay, because you know I I'm realizing I. You know, I sort of ask a lot from everyone who's playing this game, man. Like. I put a lot of shit on the discord and I, you know, there's clues and stuff on the discord that you would have to look for to find. And in a normal game, that probably wouldn't be the case. And so I, I, I know, I guess I'm sort of a demanding dungeon master or whatever, but yeah, I, I like every DM, I have my peculiar and you know, I'm peculiar about stuff and that's just one of those things. I don't like it when players look stuff up. Yeah, well, I, I don't. I think most people probably are like that. Um, and and to be honest, I you know I think that you've really hit the nail on the head though, because the whole thing's communication. Right. If somebody's doing something that that kind of rubs you wrong or whatever, you, you got to say something because, like you say, if you don't, then they're they might think it's okay to keep doing it, or they might think they're getting away with it, or you know, or not yeah. realize or or whatever. So right. Yeah. So so I guess the other side of this. Mm-hmm. is 
do, do you feel the need or not the need, but do you, does this kind of thing make you have a desire to change up the monsters, to like change up their special abilities and stuff like that? Right. So like I do a little bit, you know, um, but the easiest fix for it, the easiest, well, it's not really the easiest. It's actually probably the, maybe even the hardest is just to come up with new names for everything. Just rename every monster. So you can't really look it up, you know? Uh, but that's actually kind of a pain in the butt to come up with, you know, a new name for a monster every time. So, right. right like ultimately because I am lazy, uh, I, I put that on the players. Like, I don't want to have to change all this stuff up, so please don't look this stuff up, because you can, you know? Um, and so, right, it is, it is absolutely... It's, it's a me thing I sent of, and I, I let all you players know, like, hey, you know, I have my quirks, and thank you for bearing with me, because... I know I can be a pain in the ass to deal with sometimes. Right. Well, I don't know that's, I mean, it's, yeah, I can definitely see where it's something that bugs you, but I don't think it's just you. I think most GMs, most people running games are going to agree with that, you know? Yeah, I would, I would, I would think so, but I don't know, man. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I would, you know, definitely think that. So, well, cool. I, I'll tell you what, let's take a, a two second take a break. break. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back, folks. <laughs> Okay, I'll tell you what. Let me put them in their crates because they're getting. Are they getting riled up? Yeah, they're getting riled. I'm sorry about that, dude. No, dude, don't sweat it, man. Yeah, just give me like like a minute. I'm gonna go put them in their crates, and I'll be right back. Come on, you guys screwed it up. That's good. You better appreciate this knucklehead. Okay, I'm back. Sorry about that. No worries, dude. Does Tiger get to stay? Yeah, he gets to stay. He friggin' does not like the crate. I mean, he'll go in there. But he's... Yeah. Well, he's the new one, you know? Like, yeah. He gets a little bit of favoritism probably right now. That's fair. Yeah, well, yeah, we're, we're trying hard not to do that, to be honest. We're trying to spend equal amount of, you know, human dog time with each of them. Yeah. And make sure they have, e- like, equal time with each other. Like, two on- like one-on-one. Right, 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 right. to balance everything out. So... But it's yeah. working out okay. It's, Does it seem to be working so far? Yeah, they yeah they're not getting into like they were they were playing what you heard in the background. Right, they right, 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 fighting right. Or anything. Yeah, they didn't sound like they were fighting. Yeah, no, yeah, it's it's working out pretty good. So yeah, but I I totally agree with you, dude. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I maybe we've covered. It. I don't know. Was there was there more to to kind of this pet peeve? You think, or is it? No, I don't, I don't think so. And like we touched on, you know, this, like so many other things comes down to just communication and how important it is and how a lack of communication can ruin groups or Mm -hmm. yeah, just not good communication. Cause sometimes just talking isn't enough. You know, you gotta be willing to listen and to express yourself and hear what the other person is expressing. Like, yeah, it's not just about throwing words at each other. Like, it's about meaningful conversations. Sure. And, and being online makes it a little bit harder, too. It does. It absolutely does. It 1,000% does, man. Like, yeah. <laughs> it, it, it changes the whole... I mean, 
we don't need to get into a whole thing, but it, it's the reason it changes the whole vibe of playing. And it's the reason why we don't do our actual play podcasts anymore. Right. And, well, and it affects how you hang out with the group too. Cause typically not every group I've ever role play with in person, but usually there's some interaction and social time or, oh, totally, or you man. might eat before, you know, got drink or whatever, yep. but you're going to, you're doing things, maybe not doing a lot of things outside the game, but even if it's time before or after the game, you're socializing together yeah. in a way you don't do online. Yeah, and like for or, – or on birthdays, you'll all get mm-hmm. together. Like, yeah, and when it's online, um, you, don't, you don't get to. Right. So, it's, yeah, it's totally a different kind of dynamic. It's, mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. But, yeah, that's pretty much that's, – that's all I had to say, man, like – I hope I didn't repeat myself too much from the messages. And do you have anything to add or anything, man? This is like your, your show, dude. No, nah, man, I, I think we covered it. Cause the, you know, the thing is just kind of be respectful when you're playing the game as a player. And I think most players are, I, I really yeah, do. I hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. We're definitely not calling people out or anything, but the right. Yeah. But, and I think, well, and let's be honest, most of the people we play with run games as well. They're also GMs or DMs. So yes. not all of them, but a lot, but a lot of them are. And the majority. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, and they're typically not going to do that because they wouldn't want one of their players doing that to them. So, right. Right. Yeah. But it, it, it is an interesting thing to discuss, especially when you talk about new players that may not know any better. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. And that's, that's, that's how you learn. You know, you make mistakes, you find out what you did wrong and then you try to not do it moving forward. And that's how people learn stuff. Mm-hmm. there's nothing wrong with making mistakes as long as you don't yeah. keep doing it. <laughs> so, so, so I will ask you one other thing while I've got yeah, here, I guess. Absolutely. So we, we haven't set this up. So this may be like an ambush. And I've kind of asked you this a little bit before, but now that we're doing more Pathfinder one and you've been running it for mm-hmm. a little while, it, any additional thoughts of Pathfinder one versus Pathfinder two? I, I mean, Pathfinder one is just so much more accessible the fact that everything is online in the SRD, like I, I, there's a lot of things that I like that Pathfinder two does. I like how they streamlined a bunch of stuff, but it's just, I don't like the layout of the core rule book. I don't think it's laid out well at all. And it makes it really hard to look stuff up and just it's yeah. It's, I, I just don't know the system nearly as well. So when it comes down to system mastery, I have Pathfinder one down. And if we were playing in person, you would really get to see that because my turns can take a little longer because I got to fucking click and drag and unfog of war areas and all that other stuff that I wouldn't be doing normally. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, it, it just, I love Pathfinder one forever because I know it like the back of my hand. So it'll always have a soft spot for me. Definitely. So, but if you think, and I know there's speculation, but if there was as good a SRD for Pathfinder two, would would there be a reason to use one over two? Or do you think the so the streamlined so, parts you think are pretty good? The way yeah, she does it? yeah, I think it's pretty cool. It makes it easier for everybody, right? Like everyone sort of has the same. You know, you can take three actions in a turn um, the way you can in Pathfinder 1, but the way the action economy is broken down, it's different. Like, 
So you can do more stuff in a round in Pathfinder 2, I think. Uh, and it's a little easier to understand. And there aren't as many, like, doing this thing doesn't give you a plus two bonus. Uh, there are less bonuses to worry about trying to stack up and add together. So they've streamlined the math. They've streamlined the action economy. And I, I really like those things. So if there was an equally as accessible SRD and everything for Pathfinder 2, would I would I play it over one? I still don't know because I don't have the system mastery of two. Sure. You know? And I mean, if I played it a bunch, I would get it, but I just yeah. don't have it yet. So I, I love I love Pathfinder One. I think it's really cool. I love the character creation part, the leveling up, all that stuff. I just I personally love it. And I know not everybody <laughs> I know not everybody does, but I think everyone's having a decent time in the game so far. Oh yeah. I mean every, at least the games I've been in, it seems like so, you know. Yeah. Aside from you know, character deaths or whatnot, but, right. but as far as the game goes, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and you can see that with the engagement. I mean, you know, you've got a, a discord set up where, cause with the West marches where all the different people are engaged in this discord and, and everybody's, you know, like I said, they're, you know, they're engaged, they're having fun, they're doing things, they're working on crafting things between adventures. And they're- yeah, it's crazy, man. Like, I, I, people are getting into the crafting thing way harder than I've ever seen, and I love it, because that shit is super nerdy, and I, I love that people are diving deep, deep into Pathfinder weird rules and figuring out how this stuff works and getting it done. I think it's great. Yeah, yeah it's been a lot of fun. I... Due to my schedule, I haven't been able to play a lot, but I, I do look forward I know, to playing sucks. more games in the future. So Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope your schedule lightens up a little bit. Yeah, it should. I've I've got some vacation coming in October, so Okay. If, yeah, so hopefully in October I'll get in some more games. Nice, man. But, okay. Well, cool. Well, thank you for joining me today, Joe. I really appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me, man. This was fun. This is always fun. Yeah, definitely. I look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Your auntie or a joke put by your spouse, but the operator's screaming it's coming from inside the house. What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? What's in the box? Well, the audience is pretty sure he took a pretty head, and the only question left is if I fail to shoot him dead. Bring on the gold, bring on the gold. I want some more, bring on the gold. There is a dustman in your moilers by the tipper And I'm assuming that your partner back there in the wood chipper Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Don't look away Well the zombies are rising and the world is gone to hell We're living for the dying and we're dying for the train wreck